of my favorite parts of that song is just, I agree with what you say, Jesus. And I find it so interesting that um, our worship, you know, is so, it is, and rightfully so, directed to Jesus, to the Godhead, to the Trinity, Holy Spirit. And yet that song is the anointing on it when it's a blessing out over his people. It's like it just goes up another level <laughs> whenever I do that song or sing it or hear it. It's, it's like a whole other level of anointing. His heart is so for people. It is so for people. And um, okay, in this latest season, um, probably in the last or since December last year, he has been really undoing me about how much his heart is for people how much his heart is um, filled with compassion, how he desires to pour out mercy and grace. It's, I think we're, we're just getting a taste of his desire. Um, and it's funny, I guess it's like anything, things that you thought you knew before, and then you realize, oh, actually, I didn't really know that, or I didn't really feel that as deeply. It didn't... It didn't change me or transform me as deeply as what it is doing now. So yeah, um, Brad pretty much preached what I was going to say anyway. So <laughs> we'll just roll with it. Um, towards the end of last year in December, I just um, there was quite a few times in the prayer rooms where. I saw myself almost like riding on the back of Holy Spirit. It's weird because I saw this in June last year as well and I've seen it a couple of times but more so since December last year. And it was like I was literally riding on the back of Holy Spirit hovering over the face of the earth. And as we were hover, like moving very fast over the face of the earth, he was releasing a groan and it was it was releasing a groan to the earth so that the earth could groan back so then we could groan back. And it was just this, I guess, like this um, cycle of the groan. And, um, and it stirred up such a deep um, groan and intercession for me that I was actually quite afraid of at first. I got prayer ministry for it. That's how I was just so shaken by it. And his need his desire, his want for us to partner with him in that. Um, and then he started talking to me about staying tender with him. And I think I've been crying pretty much since December. Um, obviously, there was the death of my sister in there, but also just at him. And I would just start to turn my affection towards him. And it was like just tears literally just spring up from nowhere. And just it's like a welling that's happening and I know it's beyond my heart and I know it's from my spirit because this is what his spirit's doing. And he's turning our attention to him. And, you know, it's been prophesied, you know, the Great Awakening and, you know, if you, you just have to scroll through Facebook at the moment or Instagram or anywhere and there's just so many prophetic words about what he's doing in this season. Um, but the staying tender with the Lord, um, it was something I was going to talk on back in 
January, but I was not. I was. I just wasn't able to. I just didn't have the capacity for it. But it's been brewing since then, and it's. It is an emotional place, and that can be hard sometimes, <laughs> especially when you're standing in the grocery line, you know, waiting to pay for your food, and then all of a sudden he. He just starts drawing your attention to something and you're like, your response is, oh, you are lovely. And then you start crying again. And I feel like it's something he's doing across his bride, not just me solely. We're corporate and he never does anything just in one person or just in one church or even just in one region. He always does things corporately globally um, and I even believe it's not just something that's globally for one generation but it goes beyond generations um, for generations to come from generations that have been hey it's only we're only where we are because of the generations that have gone before us and the prayers they've plowed with and the seeds of soon that were never heard by anyone other than the Lord many families are standing because of those kind of prayers but the softness of the Lord, the tenderness of the Lord, I really feel like it's such a vital, um, I guess you could say heart gauge in the sense of when you think about him, how does your heart respond? If it's not captivated by him, if it's not moved by him, I really feel like he wants us to be moved by him and it's unto something. It's not just so we can sit in a corner and rock back and forth crying about how lovely he is. It, I really don't believe it's for that purpose. I think that there's a transformation that he's doing that we yet um, haven't seen or comprehended. But this being moved by him, it's so important. It really, um, it reveals any hardness of heart. It reveals our um, judgments on emotions, our judgments towards people that willingly display emotion. It, it just reveals so much about our lack of ability to express emotion, um, especially in our culture. It just reveals so much when we um, start getting moved by the Lord and getting undone by Him. And I feel like He just even in preparing this I just felt like there was another aspect of it um, because there's one thing of where we position ourselves we moved with him by him and in the past I know for myself personally and I've heard it as the testimony of many others so I'm not claiming this at all but when I haven't felt moved by him when I've when I've come into something or if I've spent time with him and I don't feel his presence it grieves me and it should. It really should grieve us when we don't feel, when we're not moved by him, our heart isn't engaged with him. It should bother us. And my approach, um, particularly before Paradox, because I really hadn't heard of Elijah House, was I would fast and pray. Fast and pray, fast and pray. And I would stay there until the Lord would break it because I actually didn't know really how to break it and to break my heart open 
I think one of my favourite stories in the Bible is um, Mary when she broke her flask of oil and fragrance over the feet of Jesus. <sighs> yeah, going to start again. <laughs> I'm not okay for my heart to be hard towards him or towards people. And I really feel like in the tenderizing process, he really uses people to soften our own hearts. And just something, um, like, like I said, as I was preparing for this, that he... Um, just started to reveal something else that he'd been doing in me in that time frame at the same time was my um, allowing myself to be tenderized with him so that I could be tenderized with people that their brokenness would break my heart like it breaks his and that the pain of their wounds would draw such a deep compassion out of me because he actually has such a deep compassion for people. And I just really want to encourage you that get into people's stories, get into each other's stories. And and if you if you hear something and it just washes off like it's nothing, Take it to the Lord and ask why. When I first came to Paradox, I actually had an inability to engage with people in their pain because I had experienced so much emotional pain um, through death and loss and displacement and all those kind of things that I would literally run the other way when I saw someone in pain. I could... It was funny. It was like I would actually position myself to minister because I could be over it but I couldn't be in it and the Lord so graciously through a very very public prayer ministry thank you I've gone flat (laughs) just hold that thought And this is one we prepared earlier. Yeah, so um, through a very public prayer ministry session with um, Barry Holborn and Amy Talbot, um, dealt with some huge grief and loss. And, um, and from that point on, I've actually been able to engage with people in their pain in their grief especially for me because grief has been a lot of my story um, but actually able to step into it and cry with them and I've been so amazed at how the Lord moves through compassion so amazed so amazed And I'm getting to see a side of him that I never really realized was there. Is that I saw him as God, I saw him as Lord, I saw him as Savior. 
but I didn't truly see him as compassion. I understood that he had mercy and I know and I'm so grateful and I know that I've received mercy. But as a person, the, his personhood as mercy, I've seen that. His willingness just to pour out grace. You know, one time, um, it was a few years ago, I had a vision of where I was standing in a paddock and it was just green as far as the eye could see. It was just open space of green grass. And Jesus was standing next to me and he said to me, do you see any fence lines, any fences? And I just said, no. And he goes, that's how endless is my grace. There's no fence lines on it. It's boundless. He gives us every opportunity over and over and over and over again to come, repent, and be drawn out. He empowers us to rise above it, to, con to um, conquer sin. Stunning, absolutely stunning. So stunning. So I just really want to encourage you in that actually doing some real heart searches. Ask your heart some really hard questions about how tender it is with the Lord, how tender it is with people. Because he has a heart for people and I seriously think that he wants our heart to be tender towards him so that we can be tender towards people. It's not just so I can sit and be a gushy mess. It's so my heart is softened and changed to love people. Hmm. Um. Something else that has happened really through the tenderizing awareness, awakening, I guess you could say. Because I did think I was tender with the Lord before that. Until he turned the lights on and showed me I wasn't. And um, oh, I was in the prayer room back when we were up at the chapel. Actually, I can't even remember if it was, I think it might have been a Sunday gathering. And this line, and I don't, I think it was Rachel may have sung it. And it's, would you burn up every other idol? We just want you. And I think that was actually what started the process of softening my heart. Because I've always been one for purity. I've always been one for holiness. I've always been one for righteousness. But sometimes there's lots of idols we can't actually see in our own hearts. Quite often, we're blind to them. It's this lovely thing called deception. And hence why we need community, because... We can filter the Lord and see and hear 
as we would like to hear and see. I know because I've lived that. <laughs> but it's having outside voices sometimes that come in and go, hey, Nick, what about this? You responded in a certain way that was a bit, I don't know, it was just not the usual, not you or, or something. I've just been even pondering the, the whole thing of burning up every other idol. We just want you. And I find it curious that the phrase, we just want you, I'm not saying it's wrong. It's something I've just even just thought about yesterday. Is that we love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul and with all our strength. And then the second commandment is like it. Love your neighbour as yourself. Yes, he is first. But that other one is... It's under that. It comes under that. So even as we do the journey with each other and with the Lord, then he burns up the idols. He's still tenderising our heart towards him and to others. This is so not going anywhere I thought it was going to go. <laughs> I love that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be great, thanks. Sorry, Sherelle's bringing me tissues. <laughs> And I think the beautiful thing about um, this, you know, unprecedented time frame that we're in is that some of us are busier than what we've ever been because we're covering for others that um, either can't be or need to isolate or whatever. And then there's others that are isolated and have so much time on their hands and I think the interesting thing is is that actually even though the busy person may be super busy if they stopped and looked it still reveals heart issues um, I'm I'm one that's getting to stop and I realized of how I use the um, I'm by no means like the busiest person on the face of the earth, um, you know, before this. But I was pretty busy. And even though I intentionally made time with the Lord, um, I'm really just even these last few weeks just discovering what is actually my Lord. Because when you have time and lots of it, you start working out how you're going to fill that time. What are you going to do? I've been doing things around my house because we want to sell it and so there's things that need doing. But there's this thing called idle time. And I really feel, could be just me, but I highly doubt it, 
is what do we choose to do with our idle time? Because I spend time with the Lord, I do things around my house, and then I have idle time. What do I choose to do with that? Because that will actually reveal what your Lord is. And so it's so precious. So that is holy. Any time that the Lord is revealing uh, or exposing a stronghold, a structure, um, a belief system, judgments, inner vows, foundational lies, bitter expectations, it is holy. It may be messy, but it is holy. It is holy and He loves it. it. It delights Him. It actually delights Him because He is so eager to pour out mercy and grace. So eager to pull you in more to His image, even more. It is His delight. And then some other people, you may be flat out more than what you have been. You don't feel like your feet are hitting the ground. You don't even feel like your head's hitting the pillow at the end of the day. And that can reveal things too. It can reveal a desire to slow down. It can reveal... um, that I have to keep going because what will happen if I don't? It can actually be a false refuge of while everything going crazy in the atmosphere, which has been very chaotic. It's what's going to... it, It can even in itself release a fear of what happens if I stop. It was one of the very... Um, probably the first week that um, I stopped work and stuff like that, I actually could feel my rhythm had unknowingly, unknowingly, had my rhythm had actually increased because of the chaos in the atmosphere. And it wasn't until I actually um, wasn't going to work and I wasn't coming into paradox that, and I was finding it hard to slow down that I realised oh, my pace had changed and I hadn't become aware of it. So for some of us, the busyness, that could be even just normal life. But is it healthy? Is it it how he wants to lead you through the day? I don't know about you, everyone's pace is slightly different. But for me, I don't follow him very well when I'm rushing from thing to thing to thing. For me personally, I need stillness and I need that peace um, to be able to not be stressed for a start, but also to just to, to be able to hear him better, to hear him clearer, to... Um, There's an ease in it. There's such an ease in it. So what we're going to do, I can't remember if Brad mentioned about getting, okay. Quickly grab a pen and paper. 
I like doing practical things because afterwards you won't forget it. <laughs> For one thing, maybe it's just me. <laughs> I write things down to remember. But also then it's, this is what the Lord spoke to you about. So even grab your phone, go to your notes or pages. And we're just going to take a few minutes. We're going to invite Holy Spirit in. We're going to ask him, and actually even I'll pray first, and then and put your hand on your heart, and just asking your heart some questions about what is being exposed at the moment in me. Am I pushing it away? Am I pushing it down? What am I going too fast to not see? What am I going so slow that I'm just plebbing and not doing anything? And I'm not talking about doing. I'm talking about just even dwelling. I asked my the worship team the other week about, you know, obviously everyone's situation is slightly different, but have you had the opportunity, have you made it so that you've spent personal time worshipping the Lord. And because it's very easy to um, to come like corporately and worship because it's facilitated. Um, but sometimes it's, it, well, it looks very different when you're facilitating your own worship and we need to learn how to lead our own heart into worship. So what we're going to do is we're going to ask the Lord, what am I not seeing in my heart? What are you bringing to the surface at the moment? And then write them down. So just put your hand on your heart. Heart, we just invite you to come forward. We invite you to lean in. We want to hear what you have to say. We want to hear what you have to say, heart. And Holy Spirit, would you come and give our hearts courage? Would you turn the lights on? Help us to see, to hear the very things that you're exposing in this season. Would you bring them to the surface? Bring them to the surface. And just start writing down what he shows you. Don't think about it, just write it.
It's your goodness and your kindness that draws us to repentance. And then I have a little homework for you. Take that list to someone in your life hub that has maturity. So your life hub leaders would be great. And allow them to see it and allow them to walk in it with you through it. He just so longs for you to become more like him. So longs for it. Bless you, family. We love you. Thank you for allowing us in your homes. It's such a privilege and an honor. So beautiful. So beautiful. So we bless you. We bless you. And we will see you soon. Mwah. Mwah. From all of us. Mwah. 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 Bless you.